Hello, this is Veronica from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 13th of September. Bengal's leader of opposition, Suvendu Adhikari, was detained today ahead of BJP's protest march against the Trinamool Congress government's alleged corruption. Fellow BJP leaders Rahul Sinha and Loket Chatterjee were detained as well. Security was beefed up in Kolkata as BJP supporters began arriving in the city in the morning for the march. The new secretariat in Hastings was heavily barricaded and traffic restrictions were also put in place in parts of the city. At least four BJP workers were also arrested from Panagar railway station in West Burdwan district while they were on their way to the protest. Some BJP workers clashed with the police outside the Rani Ganj railway station as they were trying to leave for the protest. The BJP had hired seven trains to bring its party members and supporters from across West Bengal to participate in the protest, NDTV reported. TMC mouthpiece Jago Bangla had claimed that the BJP spent 2.84 crore rupees for the trains and questioned the source of the money. A parliamentary panel has said many lives could have been saved during the second wave of COVID if the government had implemented containment strategies on time. The panel said the government did not anticipate the gravity of the situation. In a report presented to the Rajya Sabha, the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Health said the government should have been more vigilant after the first wave of COVID. There were several instances where patients' families were pleading for oxygen and waiting in queues for oxygen cylinders, the panel said. The committee also noted that the states were unable to cope with the issues rising from the second wave despite the Health Ministry's advisory. The committee was disturbed by the Union Health Ministry's denial of COVID deaths due to oxygen shortage. It recommended the Union Health Ministry to audit deaths due to oxygen shortage, especially during the second wave of COVID, in coordination with states to enable robust documentation of the mortalities. The ministry must meticulously examine oxygen-stricken COVID deaths and ensure that proper compensation is accorded to the families of the victims, the committee said. Karnataka's Revenue Minister R. Ashok said today all demolitions of illegal encroachments in Bangaluru will be completed by next monsoon. Parts of the city are still waterlogged after heavy rains. The BJP has blamed the previous Congress government for allowing illegal constructions and mismanagement in the city, which it claims is responsible for the waterlogging. Ashok referred to the demolition of the Supertech Twin Towers in Noida last month and said illegal constructions in Bengaluru will meet the same fate. He also said discussions about the action to be taken against officials and builders responsible have already taken place in the state assembly. Chief Minister Baswaraj Bomai had said on Monday that eviction notices had been served to those who have built houses on Raja Kaluve, causing problems and the free flow of water. The waterlogging in Bengaluru had got wide attention. The waterlogging affected traffic and drinking water supply in some areas. Visuals of high water levels did rounds on social media and sparked public outrage at the situation. Listeners, Bengaluru was battered by rains that were unprecedented in scale and floods that were disastrous in impact. For years, the Karnataka government and the city corporation, the Bruhat Bengaluru Mahanagara Palike, has held out a long-term fix for the recurring floods, remodeling the city's stormwater drains. But 16 years after its launch, the project is nowhere near completion and worse still, has a glaring design flaw that ironically aggravated the flooding this year. If you would like to know more about this, you can read Rashid Kappan's report on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Bengaluru Floods, Anatomy of a Drainage System Gone Horribly Wrong.
We're able to bring you such reports and analysis because we don't depend on governments, political parties or corporations for ads. News Laundry is an ad-free platform. We rely only on you to support us. So, if you're not a part of our independent news model already, head over to newslaundry.com and click on the red subscription button on the top right corner of the screen. Subscription plans start as low as 300 rupees only. Pay to keep news free. Prime Minister Narendra Modi has expressed his condolences to the families of those killed in the fire in Hotel Ruby in Secunderabad last night. The fire, which started in an electric scooter showroom in the same building as the hotel, killed at least eight people. A few guests broke the windows to escape and were severely injured. Preliminary investigations suggest a short circuit caused during the charging of electric scooters may have led to the fire. At least 40 electric scooters, gas cylinders and batteries were reportedly stored in the basement of the building. The Prime Minister also announced that 2 lakh rupees will be given to the next of kin for each of the deceased from the Prime Minister National Relief Fund. 50,000 rupees will be given to the injured. The Supreme Court today began hearing arguments on whether the 103rd Amendment to the Constitution, which gives 10% reservation to the people from the economically weaker section in government jobs and admissions, violates the basic structure of the Constitution. A bench led by Chief Justice of India UU Lalit and comprising Justices S Ravindra Bhatt, Dinesh Maheshwari, S B Pardiwala and Bela Trivedi is hearing the case. Legal scholar G Mohan Gopal representing the petitioners submitted that the 103rd amendment was a fraud on the constitution. He said the ground level reality is that it is dividing the country along caste lines. Gopal called the amendment an attack on the constitutional vision of social justice. The challenge to the EWS quota was referred to the bench in August of 2020. The bench will be examining three key issues pertaining to the amendment. One whether the amendment violates the structure of the constitution by permitting the state to make special provisions including reservation based on economic criteria. Two whether it does the same by permitting the state to make special provisions in relation to admission to private unaided institutions. Three whether the basic structure is violated by excluding the socially and educationally backward classes, other backward classes, scheduled castes, scheduled tribes from the scope of EWS reservation. At least 49 Armenian soldiers were reportedly killed in clashes with Azerbaijani soldiers on the border between the two warring nations. Armenia has claimed that several of its town near the border with Azerbaijan were shelled in the early hours of this morning. It called the shelling a large-scale provocation by Azerbaijan. Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan has accused Azerbaijan of attacking Armenian towns because it didn't want to negotiate over the status of Nagorno-Karabakh, a disputed region between the two sides. Even though the area is part of Azerbaijan, it is mainly populated by Armenians. Azerbaijan in turn has accused Armenia of moving weapons near the border and attacking its military positions. The US and Russia have called for restraint from the two countries. The increase in hostilities between the two countries has fueled fears of a war, the Guardian reported. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.